The spring game has come and gone for Arizona State, and now it's time to recap it on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. And a special thanks to the everydayers who are here every day. Wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like and subscribe and turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content and stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter at Richie Brads 36 and the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Today's episode is going to be all inclusive of the spring game. This was eventful. Like I, I think that this was a very, very good showing for the team. Unfortunately, the turnout wasn't quite there, which right, wrong or indifferent. I think we probably should have expected just knowing the state of Arizona state sports and like the, the kind of investment that Arizona fans typically give to their teams when they're bad or when they're good, right, wrong or indifferent. Again, like I just, I, I feel like the expectation of the 40,000 that Kenny Dillingham was looking for was never going to be realistic. The roughly 5,000 that showed up probably on par the overall, like the, the gamble that they took of making this a noon game and having it take place after the Pat Tillman run, uh, which obviously is successful every year, didn't pay off the way that they were hoping to. So next year, when we revisit the spring game, maybe this will be something that they take a look at more as like an evening event, maybe like four or five or even a six o'clock kickoff time where the sun's not beating down. And I mean, it was still a beautiful day in like the 80s or 90s. It wasn't like it was 100 or 110 like we're used to in Arizona. But nonetheless, I think that the the overall idea just wasn't wasn't going to reap the results that they were looking for. A lot of the fans ended up kind of sitting up in the in the in the shade anyways. They weren't actually sitting down in in the in the in the seats and getting that full experience. So I think that this would probably classify as a failed experiment as far as what Kenny Dillingham was looking to do. But nonetheless, the actual product we got on the field, I would say was very encouraging. And there's a lot here to digest. So we're going to try and break it up as best we can. And we got to, we got to start with the quarterbacks because there's, there's obviously a lot here to talk about with that position. This was the biggest point of conversation heading into the spring game. It's going to be one of the biggest heading out of the spring game. We mainly saw the five guys that we've been talking about uh, throughout all of spring practice get the most opportunity. And of all of them, I feel like the sharpest was Trenton Bourget. I don't think it was too close either. I feel like when Bourget was running the offense, things were just running a lot smoothly. And part of that is because of Cameron Scadaboo, not Scadaboo, excuse me. The way that Scadaboo was running at the running back position, obviously, but we'll get to him later. But the offense looked a lot more confident with Trenton under center than it did anybody else uh, for the, God, was he the gold team? I think he was the gold team. Uh, I can't even remember. But point is, when Trenton Morgay was on the field, everything looked to run a lot smoother. 
you could tell that Trenton has been working with a lot of these guys and that there's clearly some chemistry that he has established with some of the players. Obviously, him and Elijah Badger look terrific. Those guys were hooking up throughout the game. They had a touchdown early in the game. I believe it was the first offensive touchdown. There wasn't a defensive touchdown, but it was the first touchdown of the game, if my memory serves. And Borgay was just dealing. Like, he looked very confident. He looked like the, the clear runaway favorite at the quarterback spot right now. With that being said, Drew Pine wasn't that bad either. And looking what Pine was able to do is he was able to push the ball down the field. Uh, he had three completions of over 20-plus yards, which included a 60-yard touchdown pass to Jalen Connors on fourth down. And it was a beautiful ball. Uh, Connors was able to split the defensive backs at the top of his route, was able to get behind them, which is always a mistake if you're covering Jalen Conyers, and took him 60 yards. I mean, this dude was rumbling, bumbling, stumbling throughout the game, but he absolutely dominated. And it was no coincidence that he was able to make make the defense pay when they were giving him those opportunities. But even outside of the Jalen Conyers connection, which was healthy and alive, Drew Pine looked very confident at quarterback. Like he was definitely the second best guy on the field. I would say he wasn't, he wasn't as great as Borgay in my personal opinion, but I do think that Drew Pine cemented himself as probably the number two quarterback on the team. Uh, Funny enough, they were the two starting quarterbacks, quote unquote, for their respective teams. And they both looked very, very confident. Like, you can tell that these guys have been around college football for a little while now compared to the three guys behind them that we're going to talk about here in just a moment. He definitely looked better. Uh, Jaden Rashada, I had mentioned on the podcast, I said I either wanted him to look outstanding or I wanted him to look terrible. Uh, I didn't really want an in-between. I wanted him to either get everything out of his system or just come out and look like the four slash five-star guy that we believe he can be like, he, he ended up not looking very great. Uh, the pocket presence, I was impressed. Uh, he was able to move around, and there was a lot of pressure that was on him. We're going to have to talk about that later as well. But he maneuvered, uh, maneuvered the pocket very, very well, and he's got the arm talent. Like You could see him just able to flick the ball down the field. Now, the effectiveness was not there, and he had some very questionable decisions, which included an interception that he just kind of chucked down the field to uh, one of the linebackers, and it... It just wasn't great. But again, what I wanted was either like excellence or terrible out of Rashada so that you could build off of it. And it definitely was leaning more towards terrible. Like I'm not here to rip on Jaden Rashada. Like this, this was definitely a performance for him to continue to build off of. And like, there's tons of stuff to improve on. This is not the end all be all. This is not a Jaden Rashada is a bust at all. Like, I'm not worried about it. It's a spring game. It's it's his first like game action at the next level in college football. Not worried about it. The dude could have thrown 10 interceptions. I would have been like, yeah, that's okay. We'll move on. We'll move forward. He only threw one. Like, It's okay to not feel the need to overreact to a spring game for Jaden Rashada. He had a bad performance. It is what it is. Let's wash our hands. Move on. Another guy who didn't have a great performance is Jacob Conover. Conover, I felt, was very forgettable when he was on the field. In fact, I don't know that I can tell you any standout plays that he had when he was out there. He's definitely looking like the fifth quarterback right now. And I'll tell you what, the third quarterback we need to talk about 
is Ben and Meredith. Meredith looked very comfortable when he was on the field. He was scouting for the team last year and redshirted, and he should not be someone to forget about. I've been talking about him for a little bit, and the more that he has gotten those reps on the field, like it's, it feels, it feels, what's the word I'm looking for? Irresponsible to not look at Bennett Meredith as a potential starting quarterback for the team. Like, I understand that he doesn't have nearly the flashiness that Borgay has, who was a starter last year for the team, or Drew Pine, who's a transfer from Notre Dame, or Jane Rashada, who's a four-star recruit for this year. Like, he doesn't have that kind of, like, headline to him. But it doesn't matter because he's playing good football right now. And that's all that you should care about when you're trying to figure out who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Sun Devils. So I'm telling you, do not continue to sleep on Bennett Meredith. If you have been, stop it. Stop it. This kid is absolutely in the thick of the competition. Uh, he, he looked comfortable. And right now, with a new coaching staff and a new offensive system, that's about the best thing that you can do for yourself is to look comfortable in whatever is going on for the team. Right now, he's probably my quarterback three. I'd put him ahead of Rashada. I'd put him ahead of Conover. i put him behind Borgay and Pine. But I'll tell you what, like if, if, Men- if, hey, excuse me, if Meredith is able to continue to improve on what he's been doing, we can't count him out at all. This is absolutely a guy to keep your, to keep your tabs on and see if he can continue to progress throughout the remainder of the summer and then come training camp in uh, August. Like, got to watch out for this guy. And, yeah, just don't overthink it. Quarterback competition pretty much went about the way I expected it to, I would say. But watch out for Meredith. Got to talk to you guys about FanDuel. Whether it's Grand Slams, no-hitters, or double plays, they're back, and there's no better place to get in on the Major League Baseball action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up and place your first bet to get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if they don't win. Don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Thank you guys, as always, for making the Locked on Sunnivals your first listen of the day. For the everydayers, tomorrow's episode, we'll be taking a look at some superlatives from throughout all of spring practice and the spring game itself. Back into our conversation and looking at what's up next on the palette here to talk about, let's look some more offense and expand past the quarterbacks. Jalen Conyers. We, we, I, I, I try not to talk about the same stuff over and over again. I try to mix it up and not be a broken record, but we're going to have to be for this episode of recapping spring ball because Jalen Conyers looks amazing. Jalen Conyers looks like he's going to be the best tight end in the PAC 12 and one of the best tight ends in the country. The way he moves just doesn't make sense. He's so much quicker than you realize. He's got such soft hands and he's such a natural catcher of the football. He's a wide receiver playing the tight end spot. And I mean, he's built like a tight end too, but the way he moves makes you think you could play him outside. He's so graceful. 
And at the same time, he's so destructive. He's not a guy that you're going to arm tackle. I mean, he was running through dudes. His first two catches, one of them went for 38 yards. His first catch of the game was a 38-yard reception. His second was a 60-yard touchdown. His first two catches went for 98 yards and a touchdown. He ended the game, I think, with four catches, well over 100 yards. This is the big play guy. I think that going into this year, you're going to have a lot of weapons between Conyers, Badger, and some of the other guys that we're going to talk about here in just a moment in the passing game. Conyers might be the best weapon that the Sun Devils have right now. It is so incredibly difficult to look at what Jalen Conyers is doing and feel like he's not going to be something special. This kid exudes excellence. He looks like the best player on the football field for Arizona State. Defensively, offensively, first team, second team, third team, junior, freshman, sophomore, senior, whatever. Conyers is the best player the Sun Devils have. And he put on a spectacle during the spring game to the surprise of no one. But another guy who looked just as good at his position was Elijah Badger. This dude is clearly the number one receiver on the team. He is going to be continuing to build off of last year's success. He's been doing it and stacking great performances during the spring practices. And then the spring game came around and he's going to pick up right where he left off. He had a beautiful uh, touchdown catch. Uh, I can't even remember who he caught it over, but he had a touchdown reception that was thrown to him by Borgay, and it was beautiful. It was a great throw. It was a great catch right in the bread basket. Perfect. Badger is just dicing guys up right now. He looks so, so good. He is absolutely the wide receiver one that we need right now. And then to top off having a great tight end and a great running back or a great receiver, I just ruined it. We have a great running back. Cameron Scadaboo is the undisputed number one running back here. DeCarlos uh, Brooks did not get playing time. And Tevin White was also not on the field. I don't know about the future of Tevin White at this point. And with the transfer portal opening up again, I wouldn't be surprised to be left. But neither here nor there. Um, Jim Jacobs played well, but Scadaboo. This is the guy to talk about. While Jalen Conyers is probably the best player the Sun Devils have, I wouldn't be surprised if the offense literally ran through Scadaboo because he he looked good as a pass catcher, but he was just absolutely annihilating dudes on the ground. The yards per carry was insane. I couldn't find like any box scores anywhere. Uh, if someone can find a box score, link it to me, please, so I can check it out. I would appreciate that more than you realize. But the way that Scadaboo was running, just confident and just looking to looking to hurt people. Like he, he embraces contact. He's he's don't get me wrong. He's not looking to run someone over every time he's looking to make a good run, whether that's a good cut or trucking some dude over, but he's not afraid of contact and he's not afraid to put you on your, you know what, like this dude's a stud. He had a touchdown run where he was able to cut back across the field. Like, he looks like he's going to be able to help Arizona State keep up their, excuse me, had chills, keep up their really solid uh, run that they've had at the running back spot with Rashad White, with X Valaday. And now it looks like Cameron Scadaboo should be the next guy in line there to continue 
that kind of dominance that they've had at the running back spot. There were some other solid performances. I think Mel Constaval looked very, very good for the team. Uh, Troy O'Meara, uh, he had he had a couple drops. One of them went off his helmet and ended up getting intercepted. I'm not again similar to like what I said for Rashada. I'll say for O'Meara is like let's not overreact to one spring game of like not the best performance in the world. There's time for him to continue to build, and he's one of the most physically gifted receivers that the team has right now. So. Overall, I thought that your top three guys that stood out were Conyers, Badger, Scadaboo. Offensive line's a problem, man. Like, I know I mentioned that Isaiah Glass is probably penciled in as a starter. He should not be. Call a spade a spade. You have five open spots on your offensive line right now. I don't feel confident in a single player here. And I expect that Kenny Dillingham is going to be hyper-aggressive in... The transfer portal to bring in some guys, especially with injuries to like Aaron Frost and Ben Coleman to make sure that they're able to put their best five on the field. Because if they're not able to do that, these quarterbacks are going to be running for their lives. It doesn't matter who is going to be under center. The offensive line just needs to drastically improve right now. It's been something that I've been worried about throughout the spring practices that I've gotten to witness. And I'm not the only one who's going to be telling you this, but right now that offensive line is just not good. Again, call spade a spade. I'm I'm not necessarily saying that like these guys need to be like completely replaced or have their jobs revoked, but there's there's work that needs to be done if they want to be able to contend and be a competent unit. Like there's there's a lot of room for improvement on this offensive line right now. There should not be a single player who should feel safe with their job security right now at the end of spring practice. Again. I anticipate that this is going to be something that Kenny Dillingham attacks heavily in the transfer portal coming up. One more time, thank you guys for making Lockdown Sunnels your first listen of the day. Again, for my everydayers tomorrow on the show, we're looking at some superlatives from spring practice and the spring game. So make sure that you tune in to the Lockdown Sunnels wherever you get your podcasts. Let's flip the script and look at the defensive side of the ball. The pass rush was alive. There were five sacks to the surprise of no one. BJ Green was absolutely terrorizing the backfield this dude is going to be so good like he is he truly looks like he has turned a corner as a pass rusher now that he's dropped the weight and is playing on the edge full time this is a starter and this is a guy who i anticipate should be able to lead the sun levels in sacks and put up a good total like not the two and a half that he led the team with last year i'm i'm thinking at least six at least six sacks, but the pass rush as a whole looks good. Uh, Prince Dorbaugh played very, very well. Uh, he was a good edge rusher and a good run setter for the team. CJ fight guy who I'm probably going to end up being incredibly high on looked good. Like CJ fight. I have in my notes here, very simple fight as a starter. This is a guy that be on the football field pretty much at all times. He's unbelievably disruptive. And the way that he's able to, tear apart whatever the offense is trying to do from the interior is so vital for the success that the defense has been able to have. CJ fight has just been one of the most outstanding freshmen the team has had. He might be the most outstanding freshman that the team has had and looks like a full-time starter. He dominated spring practices and he continued his performance on Saturday during the spring game. Uh, the linebackers looked solid. I don't think there was anything too crazy to take away. Trey Brown 
definitely the best linebacker on this team, transfer from Washington State. The secondary, they've got some good playmakers. They were able to reel in four interceptions, and of course, Roe Torrance was the guy to watch. He had several pass breakups. He had an interception. He was able to handle his assignments, and he's he's got that trash talking down. Like, I don't think he's that Richard Sherman kind of trash talker, but I do think that he can get in your head a little bit. And he was able to handle whoever was going up against him pretty handedly. This is this is certainly one of the best corners that the Sun Devils have had in recent memory. And I mean, consider we've had Chase Lucas and Jack Jones very recently. I think that Torrance might be better than both of them. The potential he has feels sky high with the the athleticism and the build that he has. He's going to continue to play as well as he has. And we got something special here. But the competition across from him has looked good too. Alfonso Taylor had a very quietly solid game. He had an interception. Uh, I thought he played very well and helped to stand out when you've got to go up against other guys like Ed Woods. Like he looked really, really good. Jordan Clark, natural stud, had an interception. He's a sure tackler. I, I don't know what else to say about Jordan Clark that I haven't said a million times. He's going to be one of the most important players for the Sun Devils, whether he starts zero games or whether he starts 12 or 13. Like, this is a good football player. Showed up again. Surprised with no one. Chris Edmonds, stud. Shamari Simmons, stud. Xavier Alford, stud. The safety position looks very, very good for the Sun Devils. The secondary as a whole looks good for the Sun Devils. But the play of Torrance in particular has me thinking that this is going to be a much improved unit from last year. Finally, uh, Dario Longhetto, the new kicker for the team. I don't think he missed a kick. I think he nailed everything. He had some long field goals. He had some extra points. He looked good. Take it for what it is. Last year, Carter Brown was quality. I'm not going to say that he was like an elite kicker because he wasn't nailing consistent like 40-yard field goals, which, come on, you got to be able to do that at least. But Longhetto, who's been kicking for a handful of years now, Definitely looks like he should be able to step in and be as quality as Carter Brown was last year. Hopefully, maybe even a little bit of an upgrade. But overall, the special teams that we were able to see, I'm happy with it, I suppose. Like, they weren't running drills. When punt situations would come up, the returner would do a fair catch. Uh, for kick For kicking stuff, like, they did not have, like, blocking units on the field. So... For Longhetto to not miss anything is great. Just keep in mind, it wasn't like there were opportunities for kicks to be blocked or anything like that. So for what it's worth, was really happy with the way that Longhetto was kicking. Hopefully he can continue that. Bottom line, final takeaway here, I suppose I can give you. I think this was a really good performance for the Sun Devils team. For a team that's coming off a 3-9 and nine season and has had as much change as it has had to both the coaching staff and the actual players that are going to be playing on the team. This looks like a team that is more confident in itself in more ways than one and should be able to be a more competitive unit in 2023. I still stand by this is probably a four-win team right now, but I do feel confident that these guys are going to be much more fun to watch this upcoming year and that they're going to be able to put a product on the field that makes us proud to call ourselves Sun Devil fans and whatnot. So keep involved as we continue to go through. The transfer portal is opening up again. There's going to be more changes. Expect Sun Devils to leave. Expect more Sun Devils to come in. But no matter what's going on, 
expect that the Locked On Sun Devils podcast is going to be your number one source for everything you need to know about Sun Devils football, basketball, and otherwise. So wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications wherever you're getting your podcast. Also, make sure that you follow me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrads36 and the podcast as well, LO underscore Sun Devils. I will see you guys next time. So until then, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.